Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 147, verses 12 through 20. Praise the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, O Zion. For he strengthens the bars of your gates. He blesses your children within you. He grants peace within your borders, and he fills you with the finest of wheat. He sends out his command to the earth. His word runs swiftly. He gives snow like wool. He scatters frost like ashes. He hurls down hail like crumbs. Who can stand before his cold? He sends out his word and melts them. He makes his wind blow and the waters flow. He declares his word to Jacob, his statutes and ordinances to Israel. He has not dealt thus with any other nation. They do not know his ordinances. Praise the Lord. Second Chronicles chapter 1, verses 7-13 through 13. That night God appeared to Solomon and asked to him, and said to him, Ask what I should give you. Solomon said to God, You have shown great and steadfast love to my father David, and have made me succeed him as king. O Lord God, let your promise to my father David now be fulfilled, for you have made me king over a people as numerous as the dust of the earth. Give me now wisdom and knowledge to go out and come in before this people, for who can rule this great people of yours? God answered Solomon, Because this was in your heart, and you have not asked for possessions, wealth, honor, or the life of those who hate you, and you have not even asked for long life, but have asked for wisdom and knowledge for yourself that you may rule my people over whom I have made you king. Wisdom and knowledge are granted to you. I will also give you riches, possessions, and honor, such as none of the kings who were before you, and none after you shall have the like. So Solomon came from the high place at Gibeon, from the tent of meeting to Jerusalem, and he reigned over Israel. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 13, verses 32 to 37. But about that day or hour no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Be aware, keep keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey. When he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or at cockcrow, or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I shall say to all, keep awake. Good morning and welcome to the sixth day of Christmas. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Walkersville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 147, 2 Chronicles 1, and Mark 13. And uh, I have this complicated, I have complicated feelings about Solomon. Um, In this reading this morning, um, Solomon asks for wisdom and knowledge. And the gospel reading kind of reinforces that element of the reading um, with keep keep awake, keep alert. 
um, you know, be on watch, be aware. Um, and that strikes me as a certain amount of, you know, self-awareness and, and kind of other awareness. But that isn't precisely what Solomon asks for. Um, the the gospel reading is more like the, the philosophical, um, the unexamined life is not worth living, right? Lead an examined life. Always be thinking about how you can improve. And Solomon did a, a wonderful thing, not asking for riches and honor possessions and the life of his enemies. But it doesn't mean it was necessarily the best thing. And one, Solomon is this really interesting character. Um, there's some you know, dispute when David dies um, over who's going to succeed him, and um, Solomon comes out on top. But Solomon is also David's son. And the the vast majority of Israel's history, kings and judges have been popularly acclaimed. Um, well, that's not exactly true. Saul was appointed by God. David was appointed by God. Solomon inherited his rulership. And that's different. Um, judges were not a hereditary thing. Um, also, when Solomon uh, builds the temple of the Lord, the first temple, um, it's about a quarter of the size of his own palace, and his palace uses forced labor and um, imported goods, which is kind of a far cry from the tabernacle. And maybe that's practical. You know, there's only so much you can do in the temple, but in the palace, you got to like entertain other rulers and like you know provide housing for your servants and I don't, all kinds of stuff. So maybe that's not a bad thing. But one thing that uh, that like you know. I, I never, it's not clear to me what the Bible thinks of Solomon. Um, and I think that's why it's confusing. I want to take my cues from the Bible and it's just not there. When he dies, um, the kingdom is divided. And I, that didn't just you know happen overnight. There were tensions and everything. And Solomon does not seem to have done much politically or strategically to, you know, uh, address those tensions. Anytime there's big building projects, it's typically rural, poor communities that bear the brunt of, uh, or I should say a disproportionate amount of the tax burden for that. Like the cities, there's more people, so you don't have to tax them as much. But in the, out in the country, you have to tax each person more because there's less people to tax. Um, and so this building project probably, you know, People of Jerusalem loved it, but the people of Galilee and and Samaria maybe probably didn't. Um, And so when Solomon dies, he hasn't done the work to build the bridges within the kingdom or to maintain the bridges within the kingdom. And upon his death, the kingdom divides. And the wisdom and knowledge that he has gotten clearly is not sufficient to have prevented that split. So it makes me think that, you know, Solomon, you know, he resides over this great prosperity in, in Israel, but it's prosperity that is the penultimate, you know, kind of a state status before they're divided and there's even more bickering and infighting. And so I, I wonder if Solomon is kind of like this Joel Austin character of like, you know, he sits there with a smile on his face and every he wants everyone to be happy, gives them their bread and circuses. But he doesn't quite 
realize the implications of not you know, dealing forthrightly and addressing some of these problems head on, whether that's the infighting or the, the poverty or whatever. Um, and so Solomon has wisdom and knowledge, um, but it must be a certain kind of knowledge um, that either fails him or it's the right kind of wisdom and knowledge and he has failed and he does not act on the wisdom and knowledge that he has. Because um, I don't think someone like, you know, like Joel Osteen, because I just, he's the dead horse I'm beating. Um, I don't think he's stupid. I think he's smart. Like you don't build, you know, uh, uh, an evangelical empire like that and not understand how things work and not be strategic. But strategic about what? Um, when the nation is prosperous, or we when we say the nation is prosperous, that's kind of the line about Solomon. We don't always we take for granted what that what that means when we say the nation or the people, right? Because if everybody had prospered, they would not the kingdom wouldn't have split. They would have been happy, and maybe Solomon's son would have taken over and kept the kingdom united. But something was brewing in the background that Solomon failed to understand or to address. And so there's a number of things that he could have asked for that would have been great. Wisdom and knowledge are one. Courage could have been another. Um, you know, there's, uh, there's something lacking in Solomon. That much is clear. Um, and so even when our intentions are good and God recognizes our intentions and our, our, our acts, our deeds, um, that isn't always a guarantee that that will be enough. I think we have to remain vigilant. Um, we have to keep examining our own life. We have to stay aware and keep alert to the things that um, are not always easiest to see. Um, because Solomon clearly didn't. Um, I don't think it was his will or in his interest that the kingdom be divided, um, but it was something that there's no way something like that happens and there are no precursors. There's no warning that it's going to happen. And so when we ask for those things, even that are good, they're they're not perfect because we're not perfect. We always have to exercise those gifts that we're given. Um, and we also have to look for these weak points in our own understanding um, wisdom in and of itself is not sufficient if we don't have vigilance. A prayer for the good use of leisure from the Book of Common Prayer. O oh God, in the course of this busy life, give us times of refreshment and peace, and grant that we may so use our leisure to rebuild our bodies and renew our minds that our spirits may be opened to the goodness of your creation. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with pewpewhq in this or any way. Finally, 
You can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.